Whereas as artists, we're in the we have the perfect thing because we do something people love or some people love and they want to stay involved and engaged with. And yeah. if we engage them, they will stick around. Here we go then. Mark two. This is episode 103 of Art Juice, honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. And we had a go this morning and it didn't work. So here we are again. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) We're both a bit grumpy this morning. (laughs) Well, we had our day all sorted out and then kaboom. Yeah. Internet problems. Internet problems. What can you do? Go away and come back. Actually, I feel in a more awake mood now, so it might be better. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So what are we going to talk about today? We thought today we would talk about social media for artists. Um, I see it says, where does it fit into your marketing strategy, which quite makes me laugh because I'm still not entirely convinced I actually have a marketing strategy. But um, we've never really done much about social media looking back through the show notes because it is such a huge topic. Anyway, we're going to start today. We'll see where we get to and no doubt there might be some little nuggets that we want to come back to and tackle in more detail perhaps in other weeks. But first of all, how has your week been? What have you been working on? Well, I've not really had much to do. No, <laughs> that's not true. I, I just, I'm so busy. How am I so busy? Um, so the two two main things that I've been doing. So I, I got an agreement with my publisher and he kind of slipped into the agreement. We negotiated some clauses that I wasn't happy with, but he slipped in a due date for things, which was two weeks earlier than we'd originally discussed mm-hmm. or three weeks earlier, I think. And I and I agreed to the other things. And then I said, you know, two weeks, that's three weeks earlier than I was expecting. And, you know, I really would like to have till the end of March. And he sent me back a, a final contract with a note saying, trust you're OK with the revised dates. Um, best wishes. <laughs> so um, I am now on the hook for the book a bit earlier than I had thought. And this is all to make an October publishing deadline. This is how long it takes in that world. So I have uh, I did find an editor an independent kind of uh, writing editor somebody in America actually who I think will be really good at helping me just whip it into shape so here's a draft and we're going to talk next week so I frantically was finishing that final draft that first draft so that I could get it to him and the other thing I've been doing, because what's a good thing to do when you're really busy with a lot of projects? <laughs> it's to start looking at your website. But I, I, but there, there is method to my madness because I'm thinking I have my course coming up in May, beginning to market it in May. So it'll start in June. I have this book. I have, you know, I'm going to start getting more traffic to the website. And there are things on there that are just not working. The plugins don't work anymore. The way it's set up doesn't work anymore. So I started having to play with Squarespace on their free trial. So that would be quite a change for you because at the moment you're on a WordPress WordPress. with um, a paid theme, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I used to use Squarespace. Right at the beginning, I used Squarespace. At that time, it was very basic. It wouldn't do any of the things I wanted to do. But having watched other people make websites with it recently, I thought, well, it must have it must have changed. 
So I went back and had a look at it. And so far, I only do, I do like half an hour a day and I just play around. Um, and I've made kind of a mock-up site and I'm adding to it. And I really am liking what you can really? do and how, and how beautiful and clean everything is and how easy compared to WordPress. So I've not made a final decision, but as I started to set up galleries and um, I, I just like the way you can set it up, it looks so much nicer. And I like the way you set yours up in WordPress, your portfolio. If anybody wants to look at Alice's website, you'll see what I mean, the way her work's displayed. But to do it the way you're doing it, you have to make pages yeah, and not to get too complicated, but it's a lot of work. And I didn't want to do that. Looking at the way it is in Squarespace, it's made easier for you. So it does seem to have a few little limitations, but I'm thinking there might be things I can live with for the ease. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting. It's a big decision, isn't it? And I think it's it's often a challenging one. And the thing is, I mean, I'm 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 in awe of you deciding that you might be prepared to switch because I have to admit, I, I look and I just think, I can't. I think if you look at it. it. I think you might get a bit carried away with the nerdy pleasure of moving blocks of design around. I tell you what's nice about working in it that you might enjoy. You can see the results of what you're doing without publishing. You can yes, see it in real time. And that yeah. which I think you can with some WordPress themes, but yeah. very nice. And I think you probably, if you are busy, should stay away from it because I think you <laughs> You'd be much better at it than me because of your design skills. So you'd start getting really into it and then you might end up spending like a week solidly on a website. Yeah. Now, I, I remember having to put set up a visual on Wix once and really quite enjoying the visual element of that. So I can if, if I do mine, I have to say I'm, I'm quite comfortable with most of the back end stuff now in WordPress. It would be more to give me a little bit more control I think the theme that I use now is is there are some parts of it like padding giving spacing is a bit frustrating and you have to set them all up which is just it's fiddly it's more fiddly than it needs to be Um, I'd be looking at Elementor which is a page builder Mm -hmm. add-on um but yeah you might be right maybe switching to Squarespace would be better but no no Stay away. So what about you? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that, talking about nerdy things, because I, I have been doing a little bit of that. Um, I, I, I mentioned to you a while ago that I'd found something called ClickUp that I thought was a little bit like Trello on speed. but And it was quite complicated and it was good for like I have to work more with other people now and there are more systems and like. You know, people call them standard operating procedures, which is basically a list of things that you do regularly, which I never used to have. But actually, bit by bit, you build them in and it helps to know what you're doing. And I have we have some of those set up in Trello, but it's not quite so good for giving you reminders. But ClickUp was all about to do reminders. And I like on Trello the way it's a combination and you can be more flexible. Anyway, I found a new thing now. what's that because ClickUp was a bit complicated you could set recurring tasks but if you didn't tick them off it kind of skipped a week recurring them the new thing is something called infinity 
Um, I did this one. Yeah, well, it's different. It is different. And for most people listening, I would say you you don't need it. So don't go off and look at infinity and, and work out what it is. But it's basically you have all your items and they can be either to do lists or blocks of information. And you can display those in any different way so charts graphs gantt charts which is where things are spaced over time tables um, and you can view the same information in all those different forms but the same information and on each view totally modify them so you can have a whole list of tasks to be done every week and then on each tab you can have it done by person for example but it's the same but when you tick it off it gets ticked off everywhere so it it's it's quite good, but it, again, it's one of those things that you watch the videos of it and you think, oh, that looks really good. That looks really good. Fine, I'm going to do that. It's like the Squarespace things. That looks great. And then you open it up and you think, what the hell do I start now? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. And I had a real panic moment when I'd set up this whole thing and I decided that I wanted to move it into another folder and it just disappeared. And I was like, where's it gone and I emailed for help support who got back to me very quickly but even then I was like it's okay I found it I just refreshed the page and it all reappeared (laughs) but that kind of tension of panic with any new tech but I I have to admit I am quite enjoying that and it has helped with some things that I want to get set up for the year really helped me visually plan things and get them worked out so I'm quite enjoying that um had a bit of a studio clear out swept the floor, painted the table, um, feels like a fresh start for the year. Having the lockdown here in the UK kind of boosted me into that. I was a bit like, right, get on with things then. Not going to let this hold me back. Let's get on with it. Did a massive materials order, which hasn't yet arrived. But Jackson's have given me a warning. Oversized box deliveries coming. I have a hallway full of oversized boxes. Mine was just boards, though, boards and panels, and because I've used up almost all my substrates that I had. Yeah. And I, I thought, we're having a bit of a wood shortage. So the wood I normally buy to have them made, that's not going to happen at the moment. So I thought, oh, I'll just go see what, what they've got. And yeah. since they had things in, I got yeah. them. But then yeah. all these boxes are <laughs> I think I've bought enough substrates and canvases and panels probably to last me an entire year. Yeah, I think me too. I don't know whether there was just something and feeling like if it's there, then that's going to spur me into action. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I was quite excited. But I, I did it really. It was stupid, really. I kind of ordered it all late at night before I went to bed. It's like it's like going shopping when you're hungry isn't it yeah and then you think I wonder what's in this box I can't remember I what I put in. I know it's going to be fun and then oh, I went what? got some beautiful brushes in mine oh. I, I, big soft brushes like the size of decorator brushes but really lovely soft bristles so I've been playing with those they they were exciting when they arrived lovely 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 so okay well good weeks then sounds yeah. like yeah Pretty good going for the first week of January, I think. Yep, not slacking. Okay then, so main topic, social media for artists. Where does it fit into your marketing strategy? Now, like I say, the whole idea of marketing strategy is going to depend around what you have 
going on for the year. That's really what your marketing strategy should be about. But I think it's relevant to talk about this now for a couple of reasons. Firstly, at the moment, obviously, in-person events at the moment are less reliable to plan for. Like even if you've got something later in the year, we don't really know what's going to happen about it. Um, So having your online setup working for you is important and coming up soon we're going to be looking at different ways perhaps you can sell online or get things set up to sell online but obviously having your online setup is important in terms of your website and your home base if you like on the internet but social media is really important as a way particularly to lead into that but I think it's also changed a bit don't you what's your view and do you think it's because it's changed for you as you've become more familiar and more used to it or do you think it's because social media has changed and people are looking to it for different things now well I'm not sure actually one thing I will say that's changed massively I think when I started in business um, Google was the key thing Search engine optimization and AdWords were was the way to get attention. Free was search engine optimization. AdWords was paid for. And what happened, I noticed in the last probably five or six years, is people stopped, not that people stopped using Google, but much more they went to social media for recommendations. And they often wouldn't leave social media to go follow a link. So they wouldn't leave Facebook to go follow something. They were staying on Facebook or on Instagram. So from, from, from my point of view, it's got more important and more valuable as time's gone on. Um, and I think, see, when I first started, yeah, there wasn't even Twitter was just Twitter got going about the same time I did. And that was very, that's very much a broadcasting thing. People broadcast out their news or opinions or whatever, and people absorb it, not a communicate, not a community like Facebook or Instagram. So communities become much more important. I think initially social media was being used by businesses or professionals trying to sell things to just announce what they have. And then it's muted much more into community. I don't know what that's, if that's what you're thinking of when you say change, but that's what I've noticed. I think the, I think a lot of the big brands, and this is why I think it depends what stage that you're at. And, and this is where we have an advantage as small people. I think the big brands often, they do, because they're on a bigger, much bigger platform, it is still more broadcasting-y and they don't have that sense of community around it. So they have to use the spends and the promoted in order to reach people. But actually, we have that ability to build that community. And I think, I suppose the thing for me is, um, I remember when when I started, well, when I first started on Facebook, I did it. Facebook, my Facebook page, I knew I started because I should be using it for promotion for my work. Instagram, I started differently. Instagram, I started wanting to use it for me and it's grown much more organically. But the whole thing about about using something as part of a marketing strategy that really flummoxed me, particularly for artists, is a lot of the information that's out there is very strategic it's very marketing led you know it starts with things like knowing your customer avatar and I was just like hey what 
who what what are they talking about you know it's like who's your ideal but I was like I have no idea who my ideal but I'm stuck at the first hurdle because I have no idea who that is and if I can't do that well then I can't work out any of the rest of your marketing schemes thank you very much um so I think it's interesting how that was quite a block at the beginning so I've always been led much more by my path as an artist organic naturally sharing what I do but with an awareness of how it looks from the outside so a bit like I'm not fussed about um wearing makeup and everything every day but when I leave the house I do have a different sense perhaps of how I look than when I'm slobbing on the sofa and only my family can see me so that's what I mean about a consideration of how you look or how you appear to others on social media I have an awareness of it it doesn't I don't necessarily let it rule me and now I think I'm finally after all this time beginning to come back to it with a little bit more understanding of of using it a little bit more strategically but I think that central part of being led by your path understanding developing hand in hand with what you do has been essential because otherwise you don't know what to put out there, what's going to work, what feels right for you, what you want to keep on doing. Um, And I think if you do it that way, you naturally attract the right people. You try and do it the other way. Um, It's okay. if you. I actually, I've always had the same feeling about ideal audience when it comes to selling paintings as you did. When it comes to selling courses, I found doing an ideal customer very useful. I totally got that and it really helped. But paintings I struggled with until we talked to Seth Godin the other week. I like saying that. Till I was chatting to my friend Seth and he said, because I got finally what you were saying, that we, we could think of our ideal buyer, but we wouldn't think of them as... Her name's Sheila and she lives in this kind of house and she goes out. But we would think it's somebody who loves contemporary painting. It's somebody who likes art that goes a bit further than the standard traditional painting of a still life. It's probably somebody who visits art fairs or when they're walking down the street, they pop into a gallery if they see one, as opposed to somebody who walks straight by without noticing. So the way he explained it as I got it more I got that I could think about it that way and that might have helped me in the past if I thought of it that way but I still think doing it our way you get to the same place yeah so what you're saying to people when you're talking about your own interests is naturally going to turn off anyone who doesn't understand what you're talking about or care and it's going to attract the people who do so I, I think both are fine I think but I think thinking about that that audience in that way might have helped me if I'd understood that sooner. Yeah, I think I only really understood my audience after I started selling and I realised that it was particular types of people. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense now. And all and looking back, obviously that fits with the kind of work that I happen to be making. But we can't be led by it the other way around. I don't think you can with making art. You can't choose your ideal customer and then make work to fit that. That's all back to front for me. No, I think you, you yeah, you make the work. And then if you're, I suppose, if you 
I'm trying to think, you know, often people get suggested to, to run ads in magazines. Yeah. And they say, give us 300 pounds and we'll put your ad in home and garden or whatever. Yeah. Knowing or you get invited to have a booth at a home show or something, knowing what kind of people might like your art would, it helps you make those kind yeah. of decisions. But I think on a micro level of what you post on social media every day, just being and he and I was going to say authentic and I think he's right that it's not authentic because if it's authentic I would have said this morning I am in a really grumpy mood so here you go and we all follow people like that on social media who come on and tell you how grumpy they are or how fed up they are or make some weird comment about something they're not giving you the whole information about that's it I have had enough I will never speak to that person again or something like that so it's not authenticity but it's consistency of being yourself your best version of yourself not the one that you might show your husband but the one that you would show your friend yeah if they weren't really good friends (laughs) your acquaintances (laughs) yeah and but also and the, the the I think it's often seen as a downside of that is that it takes time But I actually see that as a strength of doing it that way because it goes hand in hand with this practice of developing your work is that when you go at your own pace with it, you're developing the two things together. You're developing your work, your audience is growing, albeit slowly at the moment, but it's frustrating. We're used to getting what we want in a hurry. And I I think that's when you get tempted to be pulled into, you know, somebody else's um, marketing. I'm seeing at the moment, it must be the time of year for it, mustn't it? You know, buy, what are, what are these ones? A hundred years, uh, not a hundred years worth, a <laughs> hundred years worth of social media posts. That'd be exhausting, wouldn't it? A hundred days worth of social media posts or a year's worth of social media posts done for you buy this trello board only 37 dollars, and you just know that half of it is not going to be relevant or it's going to be somebody else's schedule that I don't want to fit to anyway I, I want to work out my own thing because that is going to make a lot more sense to me but it is a bit slower and it takes a little bit more time did did that frustrate you that it was slow Instagram frustrated me and still, Instagram is very slow growing. And I think it was faster growing a year or two ago. And I think I got in a little bit later when it became slower growing. Or I might just be rubbish at it. But it took me forever to get, I, and I remembering people will be saying, oh, it took her forever to get to 10,000 people. I'm only on 100. Remembering that I work really hard at it consistently, mm-hmm. almost every day posting and make it an objective to, build up an audience it took me a long time to get to that 10k which I wanted for the swipe up feature that you get which is not to bore everyone with that but and I've actually never successfully used that yet because I've I've, the first time I tried it I messed it up and I needed it since and I've not done it so all that and even now so six months later I think I'm at 14 so it's extremely frustrating in one sense but then I think 14,000 people and admittedly a lot of those are 
bots that want to tell me I'm beautiful and would I like to have a long long distance relationship <laughs> so they can take all my money but some of them are genuine people you know it's a lot of people that are paying attention to you so in, I think I think it gets frustrating it's a, just like painting when you focus on the result when you focus on what you think the result is instead of just focusing on the process yep if you focus on having conversations building community, sharing information, asking questions back, getting to know people, then what's not to like? It's yep. really enjoyable. But if you start focusing on, oh, I worked really hard on that post and I picked all the right hashtags and it didn't get the traction I wanted, then it becomes a source of frustration, I think. And I think the frustrating thing about Instagram is that there are so many variables with every every post. And, um, you know, I've been reading one of the books that I've been reading this week that somebody gave me and it's, I'm going to talk about it. Well, I'll talk about it now. It's a book about amplifying business and it's got good basics, you know, basically says if you want your business to grow, you need to increase the number of people who you're, who you reach, increase the value of the sale, sell something more expensive or increase the number of times they buy. I mean, that's pretty clear basic obvious stuff right so in social media terms increase increase your audience size um, increase the perhaps the scale or the value of the work you're selling and encourage repeat buyers which social media helps with because you're getting that constant contact point with people but this book is really funny you know it's I I can't remember the exact date that it's done but it seems so old-fashioned now because it's talking about print ads and testing headlines and how you've got to compare one variable against the other and it just made me think oh my goodness for all that we complain about social media we have all of this available essentially for nothing and you can test to a degree and I do go back and I, I I have a sense of what I think in general which posts generally do well um but the same thing applies with variables and with Instagram it's very very difficult you can you can have a look at your analytics but there's so much on every single post it could be the day you've posted it could be the time you've posted it could be the image it could be the fact that it's an image versus a carousel of images it could be really nailing your copywriting so that the first line or two lines of the description have got to be absolutely on point because that's often what people see it could be how many people have responded to it with likes but more importantly now it's about comments and other forms of interaction so whether people save it or whether they share it there's you cannot individually you cannot have a control post where you change one thing where you actually test one thing against another. So you are never going to know. And that is often one of the fr- frustrations that I th- that comes up, you know, that I see people doing. They say, you know, I- I've done everything and I've used the same hashtag and why is this one not working? Could be any one of those reasons, any one of those reasons. So you've got to just let go a little bit of all of those things and just kind of stir them into the pot and hope the end recipe tastes good. I agree. And I do think, as you said, it's amazing. And and so often when I, I have artists ask me, what am I doing wrong? You know, I can't sell anything. I, and now there's no shows. I can't sell anything. And then if you look at their social media, there's there's barely any. Mm-hmm. So what did you expect? 
really. I mean, what did you expect? And I don't mean to sound harsh, but we have to look at, do we have, and maybe marketing strategy sounds too businessy, but do you have a plan for how you are going to sell what you want to sell and how you're going to use social media for it? And I think very important to say, um, choose one or two if you're not doing very much social media. Don't try and do Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and then start dancing on TikTok with a paintbrush or whatever. It's too much. Pick one and get really good at it. Build up community, get a following, and then maybe expand. I only do two. I do Facebook and Instagram. And I am now trying to do YouTube, but I have help. And I'm trying to find ways to combine them. So if I do something on YouTube, I put it on Instagram TV and I make the most of it. But initially, for a long time, I only did Facebook, really. And like you, I kept Instagram for myself. Then I slowly ventured into it when I felt I could manage it. I think that's so important. But really remembering how lucky we are. And it's not just that we're lucky to have it now when it wasn't there before. With my other business, I I couldn't really make the most of social media because for many businesses, you, you are selling something. I was selling resumes. You only are interested in a resume when you've lost your job. The minute you get another job, you forget all about it. So I could never build up a following. I always had to find new people. Whereas as artists, we're in the we have the perfect thing because we do something people love some people love and they want to stay involved and engaged with and if we engage them they will stick around it's up to us and also of course we have the perfect thing is that we you know instagram in particular but but facebook too but instagram is a is a visual medium yes what you write is important for engagement but that initial hit that initial attraction is visual And, and we have that literally coming out of our fingertips and what's what I like to encourage people to do is to really extend that and see that as an extension of your creative practice so often when I go to look at people's social media accounts it's sometimes they're not very well lit photographs of paintings or they've all been photographed the same way or you can see a lot of studio clutter in the background and you can't really see what the work is or you know they're all quite heavily colored and they've all been butted up together it's quite difficult visually to see and I find that quite surprising because if we are if we are there and we're saying look this is me I am this visually creative person see that as another way that you can show yourself and I don't mean have a massively heavily curated feed I just mean fine-tune your visual awareness so that what you're putting out is part of what you do and there's nothing wrong with studio clutter but you don't want it in the same post as you trying to show your artwork clearly so it may be that one day you have a nicely well-lit photograph of the painting or you have a carousel of it in stages and then the next day you focus on materials or the clutter but think about how those different images are going to look together as a whole as that representation as that snapshot of you and I think if there's one thing that people could do it would be to enjoy finding time with the photography 
that they're going to put on Instagram, because I think that's probably the one thing that makes a big difference with the initial reaction that you get that we know that feeds into the algorithm of how people respond to it. Um, Can I suggest a second thing as well that I see people doing wrong is they put the image out with almost no information. Yeah. Maybe a title, a size and some hashtags. And I'm always saying, give, 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 give when, with your content. And people say, how can I give when, you know, when I'm, it doesn't work for art? Well, that's what it is giving if you write an interesting post. Mm. That's giving to other people. If all you do is go, here's what I made, here's what I made, here's what I made. That's not giving. That's, that's taking in a way, saying, look at me, look at my stuff without offering any deeper information. So, but lots of people do this brilliantly. I, I see tons of people doing it well. But if you're not one of them, have a look at the accounts of people that you follow, that you enjoy following, and you will see it's almost always because they have interesting or funny or insightful or inspiring. There's something in their posts that's entertaining and makes you want to stop and read them. And they don't have to be great big long ones, but you're really good at this. You have really good, interesting posts. So people could come and look at your account. I don't want to say look at mine because I'm not sure what I've posted recently, but, but look at Alice's because she's always really good at this. And I think I always do say, I, I always do say something about what's happening, but, but just try, have a look at the people you enjoy following. And that applies to Facebook, YouTube, whatever you choose to do and just kind of reverse engineer it. What is it about them? So what kind of images are you enjoying? What kind of copy are you enjoying? Because that's what you'll enjoy doing as well. And, and just notice when you're on it, if you're looking, what is it that you're responding to? What's the prompt? Is it that somebody has asked a question that you can't help but get involved in, you know, because it's like you've got a view on it or you've got an opinion on it or you agree with them on it or you disagree with them on it. And remember, you know, it is social it's it's called social media and it is social and it's not that you're being um, but I when I turn up on Instagram I want to see other people I, I'm looking for posts that I can interact with it's lovely to swipe past and see posts that I like but I'm looking for posts to interact with because when I'm sitting down for my morning coffee and I've been doing something in the morning and I want to have 15 minutes on Instagram. I want to have a little bit of to and fro with somebody else or see, see a conversation or a discussion that's going to trigger me into thinking about something or prompt me or change the thoughts on my work that I'm going to be doing perhaps. And if everything that I look at is just, you know, new painting here, it, there's nothing for me to give back either. I'm looking for that opportunity to give back in the way that me, if you like, as a reader is looking at it. So I think that's really, that's really important. But we often think that these are noisy, busy places um, and that, you know, what we have to say isn't unique or relevant. It doesn't have to be. It really doesn't have to be. Nothing is unique doesn't have to be don't feel that you've got to come up with something that's you know incredibly insightful you don't have to just just learn to share your thing and turn up for yourself um and then one other thing would be if you're finding social media a little bit tricky would be to join some kind of challenge so there are lots around there are too many probably to to list and talk about but 
very regularly artists do prompts and they give you a prompt for each day you can follow the hashtag um, you can share it it gives you an idea for something to do we should do it we should do an art juice prompt shouldn't we one day maybe yeah, we will put it into the list give ourselves something else to do <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there are lots of them around there and and actually you can reuse those so if you look for social media challenges prompts you can reuse those ideas another point for you I don't have a system or a strategy but when I was first on Instagram I did have a page in my planner where I would write ideas and prompts for myself and then when I felt that I was stuck of something to post I would go back to that list and that would give me you know when you have that kind of complete mind blank moment then I have got something that is a little bit of direction um, for me to do and of course I started with um, having my own project to share it wasn't about anybody else's challenge it was my own 30-day project that I was sharing that was around a particular colour mixing exercise. So that's something then that also serves your audience and serves your own work. That's the nugget. I think if the last thing we haven't really talked about, well, there's lots we haven't talked about, but a big thing we haven't talked about is people who are nervous, and I, I get this a lot, I'm people will say, I'm plucking up courage to go onto Instagram. I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to make a post. And I was thinking about the analogy about this today about teenagers. I remember when my little neighbor Morgan changed from being a little boy. And when I, and on the days when I occasionally picked him up from school, he would chatter onto me. He suddenly switched into being horribly embarrassed by my very existence and just walking ahead of me. And if I said something, he'd go, don't talk so loud, talk quieter, people are looking at you. And he was all of a sudden super conscious of mm. people. And I kept saying, Morgan, nobody cares about me, what I'm saying, nobody cares. But in his mind, really, really embarrassing. That's a bit what it's like on social media. When I say no one cares about you, at the beginning, genuinely, they could, they could couldn't care less why would they they don't know who you are even if you make the most giant fool of yourself they don't care because they're busy worrying about themselves and we do get caught up in this feeling that oh the whole world's looking at me I've done a post now what but they're not they really don't care so you can be free just like you are in your painting to just express yourself and the right people will find you and the right people will stay and stay in chat it's really not scary. I know it feels it at first, but it's really not. And as Alice said, it's a big, crowded, busy world out there. And most people, you'll do that that first post and you'll wait for it and then nothing yeah. will happen. <laughs> so you might as well just do the first and the second and the third and eventually someone will comment. Yeah, by the time you've got about three or 400 posts in, you might start to have an idea of what it is that you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long it took for me, at least. I didn't even know what a hashtag was when I started, but I didn't care because, like you say, I was doing it for me. Yeah, and that's the other thing. That's a good point. Don't think, oh, I'll start posting on Instagram when I understand everything about it. Just understand the first bit, like like just how to get a post up. Yeah. And then then worry about the rest of it. Yeah. So you can learn all of those other things. You know, there are places where you can learn all those other things and 
and put a little bit of strategy in but in terms of in terms of strategy my overriding thing is that whatever you do on social media has to serve what you want to do as an artist and if that drive is strong enough that kind of is your strategy your strategy needs to be no more complicated than showing up regularly and sharing what you do initially at the beginning um, then you can start to add in like how regularly are you directing people to your, your website or when are you talking about sales or all of those kind of things but those come a lot further down the line okay before we move on quickly is there anything that in your social media that you want to be doing differently this year actually there's two things one one I feel I should say because last week I said that I was going to turn ads off on my YouTube channel to build engagement, to improve engagement. The day after, I read that YouTube is changing its policy and they're going to begin putting ads on things whether or not you choose to monetize. But if you, yeah, and they say selectively, they don't say where, but obviously over time it's going to be on everything. Oh, and, and so if you choose not to monetize, they just take the money, but either way, you know, they just don't have to pay you. But either way, ads are going to be on YouTube videos. So I'm very sorry, everybody, but that is outside my control. That makes sense because when you go on YouTube now, they keep badgering you, don't they, to pay to not have ads. Exactly. So mm. they're trying to make that into their business. And it's become very annoying YouTube. So having said that, I'm going to try and be more on YouTube <laughs> this year, So knowing how annoying it is. But what I'm changing this year Fingers crossed, I'm having a meeting tomorrow with my assistant to see if we can work this out. I am going to try and be much more strategic than I have been. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to post when I want to on Instagram, chatty posts about what's happening. But when I know I have something coming up, like I have this book, I need to be organized about Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about that and what I'm sharing and where it's leading you and where that you can sign up to be notified and all that kind of thing and when my course comes up I'm going to be strategic about that making sure I'm posting about the right things but more than anything what I'm going to try and do with Jamie is to get a better handle on using what I've what I create and this might apply for lots of other people too so if I make a video for YouTube demoing a technique make sure it goes on Instagram TV make sure a post goes on Facebook directing people to that video. And if it's got some good, a good tip, um, extract that tip, put it into a graphic and put that on Instagram or Pinterest somewhere. Use that again or use it later in the week on Facebook and point people back to that video. Not And then put that video into a blog post with the script that I, w- I always have a script anyway so I don't ramble on. So put that script in as a blog post and use it for SEO. And that is a lot of work. So that's yeah. where, you know, having an assistant, I can hopefully make a system where that, so that's the big change I want to make. At the moment, I create tons of content and waste it. Yeah. It and that's, that's the kind of change that I think when you're at the beginning, you listen to things like that or, you know, multiple usings of things and you just think, oh, I can't possibly do that. It's only me. And But I think you do. It's interesting. You do get to that. You do get to that stage where you can start to see how you can work that better. And that's partly because your business has developed and everything else has developed 
as you've gone but I think if you had if you had to set up doing that at the beginning you'd never even get started and then you wouldn't no. be but if you're not at the beginning and you're listening to this and you don't have somebody to help you still think about and and I know I've been guilty of this in the past. Are you wasting content that you create? Did you make an Instagram TV video and then not stick it on YouTube? Why wouldn't you stick it on YouTube? You've already done the work. That's the kind of thing that I did do some of before. Or why haven't you stuck it in your website as a blog post? So here's, here's mine on that, that I have been meaning to do for ages because I, I just love Instagram so much. How easy would it be for me at the end of the week to just reshare my Instagram photographs with whatever I wrote as a caption on Instagram and put that up as a blog post and then share that to Pinterest with an added graphic? Yes. Like, I know this. I yeah. know this for the yeah. last two years. Have I done it? have I heck now that's what I mean because and we think oh we can't bore people but it's not the same people it's not it's not the same and and I'm still going to hold on to my excuse being well I probably would have done it had we not started the podcast and the podcast is just one extra thing in the pot to do and it's the one thing that we have stuck at regularly doing doing we have the podcast then it goes on to the blog and then we share that to Facebook and then I share it into the group and da, 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 and do all the things and then a little bit my own work kind of gets slightly sidelined had we not got the podcast going I, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and swear that I definitely would have got other things more I don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of that and this is what I'm hoping with meeting with my assistant about part of that is that we're accountable to each other so we do it we do it all the steps religiously and we don't miss a day because I don't want you to you know message me and say why don't you do a blog post for the last two weeks so it's just there as part of what I do so I think if I have set up a system where she's expecting something from me I hope that yeah. that will be enough to make me stick to it good well we'll I see hope. won't we we will All right. Well, my thing is I'm not going to stick to I want to stick to one ex one particular piece of content. I'm I'm not going to try and do one each week. I'm going to give myself a little bit of, of a buffer, but I would like to have one blog post a month, one video a month and probably um, either either a, a real or a proper IG TV thing do those a little bit more often that little i um reel that i made has had a hundred thousand views now on instagram and that was from literally something i cobbled together without even thinking about it after one afternoon in the studio i think i put it together on the tube journey on the way home and i looked at that the other day and i thought if i just had a little bit more attention to things like that that would be fun so the question for me is how can i do that and build it in so that it feels organic and natural because I know that's how I work best but also be a little bit more strategic in line with what's going on so we'll see how we go one last thing to say to people on that note is that we did have an episode um, episode 59 was content introduction to content marketing for artists uh, which I did on my own so it's not as good because it's not the two of us talking but still there's a lot of extra tips in there And one of them is what Alice just said, which is find the things that you enjoy and do those. Mm -hmm. So if you find you really hate writing blog posts and it's like pulling teeth, 
don't write blog posts make a video maybe and put that on as a blog post or do an audio maybe you're going to do a podcast or but find what you enjoy and stick to that because then you'll do it you won't do it if it's a task all right so having got that mammoth topic not tied up at all but made a start uh what's inspired you then this week Oh, two very different things. So the first was my neighbor's daughter came around with her GCSE sketchbook. Poor GCSE for everybody outside the country is the exams that English children take supposedly when they're 16, although this year not. But um, and then it goes on to another qualification and, and then you go to college. So she is doing art and she's very talented. I've talked about her before, but she brought around her sketchbook and the, the, the level of art teaching in her school is unbelievable. I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but they're having them do things I would think would be in my, de- my degree, which had a minor in art, was nowhere near as good. And she's doing um, expressive portrait drawing and she's analysing the work of other artists, initially copying them. And then they have to go away and make their own work in that style. And the work she's done is just amazing. She's done some Jenny Savile style Mm. portraits of her brother, Egon Sheila style portraits of her mother, Um, you know, just and she's telling me about these artists and it's so inspiring. And then she said, and then when I do my A-level and I said, you're doing A-level art? And she was like, yep, that's one of my A-levels. So I'm just, it was super inspiring. And I don't think her mum's really encouraging, but her mum sees her work every day. So I'm seeing it all in one go after months because um, we haven't been able to see each other and we had to stand outside while she showed me. But when I saw it all as one big work, it was stunning. And I said, I think she thought I was just blowing smoke when I was telling her how good it was because I, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. So she is so, so inspiring. But the other thing that's inspired me is I have, because <laughs> I haven't got enough to do, I'm doing the sketchbook project, which, have you heard of the sketchbook project? Is this the one where they send you a sketchbook and then you complete yeah. it and fill it back and it goes into the library? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I'm going to do it um, once once my draft of the book goes off, beginning of March. I'm going to do it as a, cause, as a gap, something just to do that's not about making my own art. Yeah. And it's a library in Brooklyn, for those who haven't heard it, and they have a website. It's called sketchbookproject.com. They now have over 40,000 sketchbooks from people all over the world. You do it on any topic you want. They have certain rules about the size it has to be. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about it. My little package arrived with my little sketchbook and my instructions. And if you get it back to them by August 31st, it is this year. So you can order up to June if you're interested. And then you get it back to them by August 31st. That means your book goes on a traveling tour um, around different parts of America. And then your book goes into the library and is catalogued so other people can go in and ask to see it. Or you just go in and you randomly pick up books and sit and go through them. I wish I lived near it. I wish I still lived near it because how fascinating would that be? That would be a great place to go and visit, wouldn't it? I know, and they have all sorts of. So anyway, that's what's that's what's. That got sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to do because one of the themes was a pocket guide to. So I think I'm going to do a pocket guide to Lothersdale, which is my little village, and I'll do the trees and the walls, and I'll just do 
and it'll just then I'll know a little this little tiny village will be living in Brooklyn in this library that would be cool how heartbroken do you think you'll feel about sending off a sketchbook and not seeing it again I I know I thought that but I thought I'll actually I think it's got such a good feeling to it that I think I'll feel excited about it yeah but we'll see you can yeah. of course hang on to it it just means you've wasted your money buying it you don't have to send it back so yeah but I think I'd I think I'd like to send it back. I wonder what percentage of the sketchbooks that they sent out get sent back to them. Yeah, good point. Because this is the thing, isn't it, with sketchbooks? We often start with such enthusiasm and then... And you don't finish it. I think having... You know me, I'm a people pleaser and a deadline. So it, I'll, I'll stick You'll to it. You'll do it because it's for them. How many pages does it have? Oh, it's not big. It's a tiny okay. little book and yeah. it has 32 pages. But okay. you are allowed to take it apart put your own paper in as long as you keep it the same size and it can be up to an inch thick so you can make it many more pages if you want you can bind it all back up again yeah I haven't decided if I'll do that yet but the other thing is I paid extra you can pay extra for it to be digitized and then people can go online and look through it so that would be nice with it being about the village I thought I'd do that because then I can put it on the village Facebook page and other people can go through it and it's just there as a little record that's nice. That's that's a good tip to pass on, actually, because I, I, I used to be freaked out by sketchbooks big time. And one of the things that I did for myself once was um, could I, could I do a sketchbook in a day? And I bought those really they're nice paper. They're sea white, but they're not expensive. I think Dale Rowney do them, too. They're just stapled. So I don't know how many pages they've got, 24 or something, not many. And I bought an A4 one and I cut it down so that I had a square. 21 by 21 centimeters and then a long strip landscape so I got two sketchbooks even cheaper than the first one and then the idea was can I work on this really quickly and get it complete within the first day and the the first time I tried it I I didn't and then the next time yeah it was it was really good fun but that sense of getting to that completion because the sketchbook was quite short rather than the bigger ones that have got you know 120 odd pages in I, yeah. I, quite, I quite like that and I, you move through them quickly and it becomes your sketchbook for the season and so I quite like those thin sketchbooks sometimes yeah I bought this really little see people can't see this it's a tiny little concertina sketchbook oh yeah, that's nice and um, it's a sea white I think and I took that out on a walk um and everything in there is that one walk um but then I painted it when I came back but so I just one afternoon took Riley out and I just kept sitting down and doing really quick little drawings. So let me just describe that. Is that about a six? It looks slightly, t- it looks between postcards. Oh, and narrow. I can't yeah. see a make on it. I think it's a sea white. Yeah, it's the tiniest sea white one they do. And it's vertical. So it's a, con- it's a, it's a concertina one that opens up, but the yeah. format of each page is vertical, whereas the one that I've got from them is half it's a5 and bigger longer if i can find it i'll put a link these are really cheap and i like taking them on walks in the summer because you can get a lot of drawing done and if i can find which one it is i'll put a link in the show notes the only thing that i found with the concertina sketchbooks going out drawing is because the pages all unfold (laughs) it gets windy you've got nowhere it kind of gets quite if you've got somewhere to rest it it's fine but it can get kind of quite wobbly outside yeah it's got to be a nice day yeah yeah what oh good 
what's been your inspiration this week um well mine mine really has been has been books and I just wanted to recommend I haven't finished it yet but I wanted to recommend this new Patrick Gale novel and some of you might know Patrick Gale I, I really like him as a writer because the uh, the writing is nice. It's not hard and heavy going, but they're, they're nicely written books. And the locations and the subjects is variable. You don't you never feel like you're, oh, here we go. It's the same kind of cast of characters. They're always very different. So, for example, he wrote uh, Notes from an Exhibition that was about um, an artist down in Cornwall. Um, lovely book called A Place Called Winter, which was about... I, oh, I can't remember I want to say Canada or it might have been in the American Plains Settlers I can't quite remember but um title of that was called A Place Called Winter which I stole for a, a painting title um anyway the one I'm reading now is called Take Nothing With You and it's about the emotional impact of music it's about this guy and his his love affair and the relationships that he has with cello and cello music and the people that he's met through that and um, I'm, I'm not very far into it, but I'm really enjoying it already. It's become a really nice switch off at the end of the day. I've struggled with reading recently this year, and I'm really enjoying the fact that it's a nice switch off at the end of the day. It makes my brain think about something else. And just emotionally, it's just pitched just where you want things to be right now and one of the reviews that I found for it said you know this is a balm for the soul and there was a, a quote from the book that I wanted to share with you that said and the arts came before everything including the obligation to be normal and I thought that's <laughs> that's a lovely kind of there you go do your own thing I like that because one time in my group a couple of weeks ago I was doing a Q&A in the group and I said um Oh, yeah. Well, we do this. Normal people probably do that. And everyone laughed and I didn't even realise what it said. But yeah, <laughs> we're not normal. Yeah. So that's lovely. So I just wanted to share that because some of you might enjoy reading that. So that is uh, Take Nothing With You by Patrick Gale, G-A-L-E. I might um, look for that because I, I can't concentrate on reading anymore. I really struggle. And I used to read like crazy. I think this is what social media and the Internet has done to me, actually. So I might try that. Thank you. Have a go. Right. That's us then this week. Thank you for being here. Um, if you want to see more about what we're going to be doing, you can find Louise on Instagram at Louise Fletcher underscore art. That's her handle. And I am at Alice Sheridan Studio. So pop over and have a look and see what we're doing and follow us if you're not already. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye. So, okay, well, good weeks then. Sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Pretty good going for the first week of January, I think. Yep, not slacking. <laughs> You'll have a little bit of slack. Okay, here's the question Where have you had slack? I have zero slack. Do you have zero slack? I have zero slack. Yeah. <laughs> I have no slack, I don't think. Apart from the fact that I walk the dog a good long time every day.